Episode 9 of Bodacia, Gilman Roscoe's Bodacious Horror Podcast. I am, once again, Roscoe Harold Vacant. I'm joined, as ever, by Peter Purvis. By Peter Purvis from Blue Peter. <laughs> and Gil Rokitansky. Oh, Gil Peter Rock- Purvis left. What a shame. Was he in Blue Peter? Yeah, he was. Right. Oh, well. I think he Goldie. Oh, no, that was John Noakes. Oh. And Shep. Right. Yep, sorry. Old yeller. That's cool. Oh, crikey. No, the Shep was black and white. Yeah. So it was, a, <laughs> it was very definitely a Shep. Yeah. It's a Shep dog. So this week uh, is a... How are you? Yeah, man, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm feeling a lot better. See, other people kind of go, hello, what have we been up to? We just kind of go, right, yeah, how are you? Fuck are you? the fire then. Uh, fuck the fire then, that just sounds wrong, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, I'm alright. Great, man. Very good. Made a video, worked on a demo. Uh, What's the demo? The thing for Boy George. Alright, oh, cool. It's not every day that you say that and you're not taking the piss. And you also did the music video for Black Magic Society. Yep, did that. Friend this there. morning. So that's cool. Um, yeah. That was because I woke up at 4 o'clock this morning and couldn't get back to sleep. Ah. Yeah. I actually, I got told off for being on Twitter. At your own time? At unruly times. That was my father. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. You know, you forget that people can actually see your sleeping pattern by your... uh, Online presence. Your ridiculous amount of tweets. But whilst saying tonight you should get an early night, he said, I hope you're not staying up to watch that presidential debate. Reminding me that the presidential (laughs) debate was on. So it was like, thanks a lot. (laughs) Oh, yeah, there we go. And we've got we've got uh, Donald Trump uh, being, being a, a being fucking a dick as always, dick. trying to influence democracy from with, with money. Any, good, hey, good for him. What, what a good for him. what a fucking cock end. See if I was the president of the United States, I'd just fucking organise an accident. I'd just bomb everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously. I can't cut out the asking for cut it. out the build up. Just <laughs> fucking bomb everywhere. No, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Donald Trump is a really fucking uh, an asshole, but he doesn't deserve to die. <laughs> Just he deserves to be pushed in the stairs or something. No, I I would uh, take <laughs> off and nuke the entire place from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. <laughs> that's that's why I would do yeah. the entire world. Yeah. We are a doomed species. No, well, no, well, no. I love the idea Hope that. Hope Springs Eternal, girl. This is this is the new 
Bodaciosaurus, the new improved Bodaciosaurus. No, I like the idea of the future historians that will be like that that stupid girl that wrote it or it will end up being ducks. Which I don't believe that actually is a young girl that wrote that. Aye. Like being homeschooled <laughs> you're writing into the Metro. If you're homeschooled, why the fuck would you pick up a copy of the Metro? It's free on public transport. Yeah, I've got absolutely no idea what you're talking about, man. There's a girl ducks. That, that said... Did you say it's ducks? Yeah, she was going on about evolution and everything. Aye. That it will be like... Duck fossils. But I like the idea of them just finding whatever server uh, our shit's stored on uh, and going like, we're going to have to go through all this information. <laughs> <laughs> and then there'll be like some ducks sitting in two and a half million years time going, if anybody finds one of these Poundland places, <laughs> see if they've got a copy of Chaw. Yeah, so this week uh, we are giving big props to uh, people like us who are skin-toed and uh, are wanting to... Massive propellers. We're giving massive propellers to the... the well, well, hold on. Terms and conditions apply. You need to apply for your propellers <laughs> uh, by sending a stamped address envelope. To space. To... <laughs> First of all... Care of, care of Donald Trump. <laughs> Oh, actually, you should find out if Donald Trump's got like a free post address and then just send them a tud. No, you send them a brick. <laughs> because they have to pay for the postage. Yeah, we should. Somebody do that. did that, look, for people that had free they post that, addresses, they, they would just send them bricks. They did that to Brian Souter <laughs> when he did these wee poll. Yeah. Um, so, what was uh, her name again? Uh, His wee poll. <laughs> Sveltana. That's why the buses were always manky. Oh, oh, I know. <laughs> Casual racial stereotyping there. Yeah, well, enough of that. Enough of that. Yeah, we'll put loads of that coming up later <laughs> on. We're talking about we're talking about a tie film. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, th these films are all available from uh, Poundland on their Halloween. Do you realise I'm a former employee of Poundland? I, I, I do. It's a yeah. conflict of interest from our part. Um, but if hey, if David no, because you you gave up your job. Uh, I gave Poundland. up my dream at Poundland. But hey, give a shout out to Kenny Lecky. He's keeping the dream alive. Senior sales in Poundland. Um, so he's still still there. Um, that that sounds like a like the Mexican regional ma manager of Poundland. <laughs> Senior sales. <laughs> Senior sales. Yes. So oh, I see. Managed yeah. to get you to do a bit of casual racial <laughs> stereotyping there. So big love. Um, so this week we will be looking at not that one. Not, not Bride, that one. Not Bride of Chucky because yeah. you didn't watch. But it. it is available from Poundland if you fancy it. Right. What else have you watched this week? Have you have you only watched these four? Has that been it for your? Because you've been These four busy? have been my my, my week unfortunately. Because I um, I watched these four. Uh -huh. And I watched this, Bride I watched of Bride Chucky. of Chucky, uh -huh. but I also then watched Child's Play 1, 2 and 3, Right. and then Seed of Chucky. Oh, right, okay. And uh, yesterday, Johnny Monolith and I watched about a third of uh -huh. Pervert, which oh, is... I uh, that's on the Netflix, uh -huh. the UK Netflix. And that's another one that you can it's buy from Arrow that we were discussing earlier. Um, it's a, a piece of uh, really odd genius. Yeah, that's Mary Carey. Mary, Mary Carey, who uh -huh. uh, stood for governor of California, uh -huh. 
and is a on a platform of looking a bit like Mariah Carey or no, that was her platform for getting into the adult <laughs> film industry. Her platform oh, good for, good for, for uh, her. she stood against Ali uh-huh. when you, he was standing. Do you know that's probably the Chucky? Do you know the first time I saw this mm-hmm. was in an inappropriate situation with an opera singer? <laughs> <laughs> that Catherine Jenkins can be a so <laughs> right. Yeah, so this, this this movie's got some special memories for me. So I'm looking forward to. To rewatching this uh, when we when we get around to doing that, so that's that's cool. Um, Were you being cuddled by Geo Campari from the Go <laughs> Compare adverts? Was that an inappropriate situation? Was his moustache tickling your? What is teeth? that? What is that Channel Five program called? What was it? It was something. Which one? Like, <laughs> I was laughing at something like it was called something like inappropriate situations or something. Compromising situations. That was a. I, I think a compromising situation is being caught watching Channel Five. <laughs> so yeah. So. Compl- I remember the launch night of that when everybody sat there like watching the countdown to yeah. seven o'clock, and then the Spice Girls came on. Doing a cover of five. Is that four, not live TV? Oh yeah, okay. I was gonna say that was live TV, but no, it was they, they did a cover of five, four, three, two, one. But it was still too close to the adverts for the for it the, to actually the work. biscuit five, oh. four, three, two, one. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they, it's like you're, you're sitting there going, so milk chocolatey five, four, three, two, one. No, that's not what they're singing. <laughs> Yeah, so um, my watching has been uh, curtailed this week. I, I think I mentioned last week watching Phantom of the Opera. Uh, I've kind of watched the tail end of that, and that's that's a bit sizey. I would quite like to do that at some point, but I'm sure I've got, got plenty of time. Ah, I'm a huge yeah. Andrew Lloyd Webber fan. <laughs> yeah, I should say the the yeah 1925 version. Um, Ooh, get you, historian yeah. boy. It was actually the 1929 version of the the the, the, the same version. Um, without the sound. Well, I also watched Nosferatu. Did so, you? Yeah. Oh, good for you. Well done. Just, uh, <laughs> just a curiosity as well. Well, I, I'd seen it years ago, uh-huh. and the thing with uh, Nosferatu is I would really, I ended up just muting it because uh-huh. that was the way people would have watched it pretty much. Mm. Well, there would have uh, always been, there would have been a life. Uh, Organ player or life. Yeah, person. but it would have just been one person as opposed to this uh-huh. like all reworked lots of different instruments yeah. soundtrack, which uh-huh. I'm not as keen on. I, I would like to watch films like that and have a little old lady. Well, <laughs> yeah, they've actually, they actually did that. A little old lady with a massive I, organ. In the south side, they've, they've, they've been doing that. A few, there's been a few shows that uh, I think it was the South Side Film Festival that uh, one of the they did Phantom and they possibly did. Uh, possibly did Nostratu as well, and I think it's a great idea. But I mean, I, I, to be honest, I, I'm totally up for people making their own uh, soundtracks for things yeah. like that. It's, it's a great idea. We should, I, we I should have a go at that. We yeah, should, yeah, we should yeah. do that. We're musical that people. Well. That would be a bit of fun. I was speaking to uh, Gav Chucky Steel, uh, director mm-hmm. of Shadow of Death, about that as well, which I, I haven't watched yet. Well, I've not had a chance to get a look at that yet, but. But thank you very much for sending us yeah, promo copies. Really that, appreciate that. Like, that. Uh, that Gives us credibility. No, advanced Disney. copies of no, no, films. don't believe it. So, yep, um, we have. Are we going to see what films we've watched, or are we just going to go straight into? I, I think everybody probably knows, but yeah, let's just. Uh-huh. So these these films well, are all since we were talking about. Yeah, since we were talking about Nosferatu, uh-huh. yeah, we'll start with Shadow of the Vampire. So Shadow of the Vampire, we've watched One-Eyed Monster, 
Yeah. Meat grinder. Meat grinder. And night watch. And night watch. Okay. And I've I've put them in That's that order because like I I think the one-eyed monster would be too cheesy to start with. Yep. But uh, it's a nice place here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we'll be back after this. Do you like horror podcasts that are family friendly with boring hosts with bad opinions that like to perform circle jerks on each other every episode? If you do, you're in luck. There are plenty of other podcasts and other network of podcasts out there that you can listen to. But if you like to have fun and realize that the horror genre is based on this and you want to listen to entertaining hosts each and every show talk about not only popular horror movies, but also foreign, indie horror, and rare obscure gems, then look no further than Horrorphilia.com and our Horrorphilia network of podcasts. We currently host nine radically different podcasts with many more to come. I guarantee you we have something for every horror fan out there. Well, unless you're one of these people that get easily offended, don't like to try something new, or just some type of pompous douchebag. In that case, we don't want you listening anyways. For everyone else, come on down to Horrorphilia and prepare to have multiple eargasms each and every week. Horrorphilia, the sashimi of horror podcasting. So, the first film that we shall talk about then is Shadow of the Vampire. <laughs> so, With uh, yeah. Eddie Izzard and Willem Dafoe and uh, John Malkovich. And Udo Kier. Udo Kier, indeed. <laughs> Udo Kier just always slightly disturbs me now because Udo Kier actually appears in Madonna's sex book. Really? The one that came in the big massive <laughs> right, cover. Okay. Uh-huh. And it's uh, it's just this g- giant gatefold picture of Udo Kier surrounded by a lot of uh, naked men who aren't bearing penises, but their scrotums are far too out in the open. Yeah. For, <laughs> for, your, to be for a, your tastes. No, it's meant to be a coffee table book. <laughs> and it's just breasts and scrotums uh-huh. and... Vanilla Ice. <laughs> is he on it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Vanilla Ice is uh, no standing behind Madonna, giving her a reach around oh, with his man. hand down her uh, French knickers. That's beautiful. <laughs> I've got that book my mum bought it for me for Christmas. <laughs> and one of my uncles sat and was looking through it and bent the cover back. I wonder if that's like a pound of bacon. <laughs> <laughs> I think it probably. How much would that be in Poundland? <laughs> Everything's a pound, apart from sometimes when they have things that don't cost a pound. No, they don't. They don't. They do. They used Poundland to. They, they had a, a steak knife set for five ninety nine once. No under my watch. <laughs> yeah, it has to be a pound. <laughs> so yeah, um, Shadow of the Vampire. So. Um, Okay, I've got a, a IMDb synopsis. Oh, you're back to the old school, baby. <laughs> the right. romance is back yeah, on. As you best believe it is. Okay, so it's uh, Shadow of the Vampire is a dramatization of the relationship between director F. W. Murnau and the actor and the actor Max Schreck during the filming of the 1920s silent horror classic Nosferatu. On location in Czechoslovakia. The film crew believes that Shrek is adopting a keen interest in his role as a vampire. However, they are unaware of the real reason behind the actor's 
very convincing performance. He's a vampire! <laughs> which coincides with the deaths of crew members. Yeah, if you don't know that about this film, then it's... Yeah, uh, yeah it's, I mean, that's the, that's that's the real selling point of the film. It's that's not the, a spoiler. Yeah. And also, the, the fact is that they do film Nosferatu. So. Oh. So, I mean, throughout, yeah, throughout, throughout the market and for this, that was kind of quite clear that that was the point of it, so it's not really a spoiler. It's not an amazing transfer in the DVD, but it's, it's good enough. It's not, I think there it's was a, a wee bit grainy at some It's a bit dark, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think possibly those were artifacts that there's nothing you yeah. could probably do about those things. Um, so the transfer, it's a, it's a dark film in terms of uh, in terms of the, the lighting and uh, and the themes and the mood. Yeah. Everything's really it's nice quite, well, and it's dark. Quite comedic it's, though as well. Yeah, it's got nice little bits of nice little touches of dark humour. Uh huh. Like the the bit when one of the lights blow. Uh-huh. And he goes for the sound guy. Or <laughs> well, not the sound guy. Yeah. Obviously, it's very um, very comedic in terms yeah. of the. The kind of hammy acting that both Shrek and uh, the the lead actor who is played by Eddie Azard. <laughs> the two of them when it's when it's showing you uh-huh. how it's how it would have been filmed and because yeah. it was silent anyway, you've got uh-huh. you've got one now doing all the directions yeah. and so the directions are really kind of cheesy and you can just yeah. you can see people just looking past the camera uh-huh. to him just, like, just acknowledging. Uh-huh. So it's good, and you you yeah. kind of pick up on that a wee bit in the uh-huh. film as well, where there'll be bits where somebody just kind of pauses, and when you watch it just after, when you watch Nosferatu just after this, you kind of go, that's him shouting the direction. Uh-huh. <laughs> because uh, Go- uh, Gustav is uh, Eddie Azard's character, um, and when he, he's in the middle of a scene, uh, towards the, the, the end of the film, and the, the, the kind of maverick, there's, there's a maverick... Uh, uh, our oh, the Maverick camera yeah, man, that is flown in, yeah. who's uh, played by uh, Carrie Elwes. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> he is uh, Eddie Izzard is doing his performance, and Carrie, uh, sorry, uh, Fritz just turns around to look at Mill now as if to say, "Is that his performance? <laughs> is yeah. that?" It? And Mill now just nods at him like, "Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it." Okay, fine, whatever. I like the way that he um, just kind of turns up, gets off the plane, and he's like, right, I'm ready to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> and the guys say to him, uh, the keeper felt him as hell doctor, and he goes, I'm not a doctor, but I have dabbled in pharmaceuticals. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I, I thought it was a thoroughly enjoyable film. I yeah. thought it was, it was superb. And Willem Dafoe as Count Orlov. Uh-huh was just superb. Yeah, it was very he good. Was, he was brilliant. I loved the fingernails. I liked the way that he used the fingernails yep. to just just stroke one fingernail along uh-huh. the other as he's just kind of putting his hand out and it uh-huh. gives this <laughs> type noise. Yes. I mean, look Sorry, at... Sorry, I was just opening my beer there. <laughs> looking back at... Um, this is not a dry podcast. When you look at Nosferatu, you really, I mean, the... The way Shrek moves and the way that he uh, emotes, as you can understand why the, the why this kind of rumor emerged, because it is very convincing. Yeah. Um, and he wasn't that old when he did it. I mean, uh-huh. he's made up to look really old. Sure. But Shrek was only in his forties uh-huh. when they actually made it. So no, it's um, it's a film that uh, at first when I was a kid, I watched it as a, a young horror fan and. 
Uh, As we all did, was it Channel 4? Yeah, I actually rented it, but I, 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 felt, that, I felt that, I know, I know, big money spent it, but I just didn't feel it matched up to its, its influences um, at the yeah. time. Um, Had I, you seen Salem's Lot before it? Because uh, I saw Salem's Lot yeah. before I saw Nosferatu, uh -huh. and I think that definitely coloured me against mm -hmm. Nosferatu I to a certain was, extent. I saw Salem's Lot fairly early. Uh, Nosferatu I saw when I was first getting into to horror films. Yeah. Um, kind of For me that went along with the Universal stuff. Seeing Nosferatu, the Gollum, uh, Hunchback in Notre Dame. Der Gollum. Yeah, so yeah. I, uh, Dr. Gal Caligari. So seeing all these things came together with seeing things like the Black Cat, the Raven, Dar uh, Dracula, Frankenstein. So See, you, you should have come to all tomorrow's parties at Minehead in 2009 because <laughs> <laughs> it was it was absolutely perfect because uh -huh. it's it's held in a butlins uh -huh. which uh, sands, isn't it? no is mine head camera right. sands is uh, camera one. sands right but uh what they what they do is they also take over the the tv uh -huh. And they have a cinema. The cinema was showing Lawrence of Arabia uh -huh. and stuff. Right. But uh, I'm just looking up yeah. for the so for the Phantomus album. All oh, right. Okay. Oh, the, it's the soundtracks one, right? Yeah. Just to to check because uh -huh. they showed every film uh -huh. that they had done oh, on right, the director's cool, cut. Cool. So they showed The Godfather, uh -huh. Der Gollum, which uh -huh. was the first time that I'd been able to see a decent copy of it, uh -huh. they'd got a hold of the DVD which I'd never been able to find. Um, Experiment in Terror, One Step Beyond, uh -huh. Night of the Hunter, Rosemary's Baby, The Devil uh -huh. Rides Out, Spider Baby, The Omen, uh -huh. Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer, uh -huh. Vendetta, cool. Investigation of a Citizen Above Suspicion, yep. Twin Peaks and Charade. Right, wow. And they showed them all. So but they go. also intercut it with episodes of Red and Stimpy and stuff uh -huh. like that. The Golem's no one that I'm particularly fussed about as such. I've got it, but um, it doesn't have the same resonance for me as, mm. as the likes of um, Metropolis, Caligari, and these films that really meant something to me in Nosferatu uh, when I was a kid. But yeah, I noticed that when we were having a discussion about these things online somewhere, I think it was uh, somebody was talking to Eric on Phantom Eric mm -hmm. on Twitter and said, oh, I really hope that nobody ever does a remake of Metropolis. And I was thinking, well, the 80s release with that whole soundtrack, that's, uh -huh. that's a massive departure from the original. So, right, okay. I mean, the, the current version of Metropolis that you get now uh -huh. is... Very different. Yeah, because somebody's using music to that wasn't available at the uh -huh. time to portray it in an entirely different way. Right. And those people are queen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing, thing that I saw that again was at the uh, Grosvenor when I, was, when I was younger, maybe about 10 years ago. Which is a brilliant cinema. Yeah. I loved uh, the Grosvenor. It used to be, yeah, but it's not so much now, but yeah, it was good at the time. It's been all done up. Yeah, I remember I used to... I used to go to the Grosvenor quite a lot. Oh, they occasionally show good things, but they seem to be terrible to advertise things. That they, like, yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre was on last week. And what? Yeah. And they, like, every day that I knew that's interested in horror, they have a, a clue it was on. Well, if Mr. Bob Rafferty listens to this so podcast, he lives around the corner from it. Sure. <laughs> he can sure. give us heads up. 
So yeah, so Shadow of the Vampire, recommend Gil? Uh, definitely recommend. I would say for a, a nice relaxing night, uh-huh. you can't really pick a more entertaining type of yeah. film because all the performances are really good. Yeah. The only flaw in the entire film is that it's got the, the scene where Carrie Elwes' character Fritz turns up. It's got this uh, bit that comes up going, uh, one now was away mm-hmm. trying to make sure that the, the people with the money mm-hmm. didn't lose interest. Uh-huh. Then he turns up, and then in the next scene, Murnau's back. Right. And there's no Murnau no come back yeah. thing. Yeah. I thought that's. Have, have they cut a scene? Yeah, the use of the somewhere. title cards was good, but again, I think it could have, they could have done it in the, the style. Um, I really enjoyed the, mm, the. That that would have been a lot better. I really like the re uh, the the shots where they kind of covered them well, shot for shot. Yeah, um, the, uh, the reproductions are really certainly good. the the first scene where we get the uh, the the girl um, Greta Greta, is Greta? Uh, yeah just absolutely amazing. But her uh, character is kind of different. Uh-huh, totally different, and they, that was that was really good. They make out that she's meant to already be kind of famous, uh-huh. and she never was. Right. So. Okay. But that was really cool. Anyway, and I really yeah. liked that. So that was that was great. So yeah, get a look at it. For and quite, you see definitely. her boobies. So if, Do if, if seeing breasts in a film, I forgot that, I when she's lying on the bed, okay. writhing, okay. after you, there's like an insinuation that maybe Orlock has paid her a visit, right? but then uh, Fritz thinks it's other drugs. Sure. I think Laudanum, yeah. uh-huh. he says. Okay. So from boobies to boobies to, to one eye uh, monster. A film that, that you would expect to have a lot of boobies in, but it's, doesn't, it's more, doesn't really more, help boobies, it's more a massive penis. <laughs> Spoiler alert! So it's called One Eyed Monster and it stars Ron Jemmery. Jer- Jemmery. Ron, Ron Jemmery. <laughs> somebody, somebody that you were speaking to, I think, said, oh, that this film just shows that Ron Jeremy will do anything for money. Oh, alright. Uh, well, no, it doesn't because Ron Jeremy is uh, hes a massive star. And he makes money for just being Ron Jeremy. Yeah. And if you watch, I don't know if you watched any of the documentaries on it. There's a. You, do you know I didn't feel the need to watch documentaries on this one, girl. There's an interview with Ron Jeremy that, mm-hmm. that goes on for about forty minutes. I didn't watch the whole thing, mm-hmm. but he'd been involved with the film for about seven years before it was made. Right. Because okay. the people that wrote it and came up with the whole thing, the original title was uh, Ron Jeremy's Dick. <laughs> so yeah. So okay. So that really is that gives you an idea of what you're dealing with, what you're expecting with this film. Yeah, you um, have a an adult film crew. Yep. Uh, is it Mdeba? Uh, I'm not sure. It's me. Mdeba synopsis. I don't know if we even got one. Um, I can read it off the back. When a ferocious blizzard strands the crap casting crew of an adult film on the precarious mountain shoot. This ragtag band of eccentric heroes must band together against the materia- uh, mysterious and deadly alien menace, which has li- <laughs> literally possessed the cast's largest member. Yeah. So that's that's the synopsis. What, um, what did you make of it? I mean, overall, because well, I know that you watched, you didn't watch it all the first time you watched it. Yes. Yeah. You just kind of went. I've drifted away from it. Yeah, I got bored, and I I got bored again the second time round. So I watched it twice. Um, 
what I would say is that it's got better character development than Prometheus. And straight away <laughs> we go, we're in the bus and we, we get to know a wee bit about everybody. About everybody. <laughs> straight away. So I was sound man, like you're a black guy. <laughs> exactly, brilliant. <laughs> um, I thought that was a really good way to diffuse the, okay, which one's the Star Trek red shirt? <laughs> So that was that was that. So we've got um, we've got a cast uh, a pong uh, a pong crew, um, yeah. And the I've got to say, I actually story. I I did enjoy. It. Well, the story is that Ron Jeremy and oh, what's her name? Veronica. Veron- Veronica Hart. Right. Who are both? Uh, they've they've been in the porn industry for like two and a half, three decades. Uh-huh, sure. This <laughs> is dogs. This is dog barking outside. Yep. Dog right. will hunt. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, so yes. But uh, the the first scene uh-huh. of the movie that they're meant to be filming is between Ron Jeremy and Veronica Hart. Uh-huh. And Ron Jeremy's not entirely into it and asks if you can have a break. Uh-huh. Goes outside for a break and sees a shooting star, uh-huh. which then flies into him, mm-hmm. and he feels fine and goes back to shooting the film. And that scene actually had my favourite line from it, which was, uh, "Can you take the sweater off, please, Ron? I'm not, <laughs> not wearing a sweater." <laughs> yeah. So. so then they proceed with their sex scene. Uh-huh. At which point, Ron Jeremy kind of becomes like a a fuck bunny type thing and goes mental and Veronica Hart then kind of passes He's out. He's a tiger and all that, yeah, yeah. And then uh, <laughs> some of the people go to check what's up with Ron Jeremy who uh-huh. has kind of passed out and go, his penis is gone. Yeah. And then his penis goes around them one by one yeah. and kills them. <laughs> and meanwhile they're trying to uh, sort Victoria Hart and uh, her her damaged vagina. She's not got a well. She's check her pus. There's gonna we're, there may be a tampon, and then they, they we're gonna need a bigger tampon. <laughs> there are a lot of references to Jaws in this film, which I loved because uh, Charles Napier yeah plays a character that's entirely based on Quince right from okay. Jaws, and he even does the the kind of. When I was in the war, oh, hi, story yeah. <laughs> about how uh-huh. a similar thing had uh-huh. happened. And yeah. then, have you ever heard a platoon full of men <laughs> all being <laughs> fucked to death by a massive penis? Yeah. <laughs> so that that's what we're that's, dealing with. That's basically what we're dealing with. It's a, it's basically a good phone film, a fun fun film. Yeah. Um, if, if you if you sat with a couple of friends or whatever. Um, I personally uh, enjoyed couple of beers, bottle of wine. Yeah, I enjoyed uh, it for a bit, but it just hookers, became... cocaine, some weed, a yeah. little bit of. LSD. We do not endorse the use of hookers, girl. Thanks for the welcome to sexism cast. Top of rugby. All right, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Rugby players like their yeah. beer. Yeah. So cool. I just don't like uh, watching films with scrub hats. <laughs> yep. Um, I find that Scrum Half talk through the movie. Okay. Uh, yeah, so it's okay. I mean, it's, it's a, it's, I'd say it's about its money. <laughs> From Poundland, I think it's about its, uh, about its money. I think it's 
none of the films that we've watched this week have got below a five on IMDb. That just grade. that says more about IMDb than it does about these films. No, I, I think that it shows the well. The, the, this the film, of, the the one-eyed monster, can get the same grade as as uh, Meat Grinder. Uh, it says that there's something seriously wrong with our rating system. Well, that that already says to me the answer to one of the things that I've been wondering, which is what you would make of Meat Grinder. <laughs> Because I know that you're not a big fan of the gore yeah. type. You're you're not you don't like Saw because it's just gore. Yeah. And but I do. I, I do like Saw because of the mystery uh-huh. bit. So I kind of overlook okay. the gore. I like the. Yeah. I like the inventiveness that yeah. they have sometimes in gory films. So as we discussed, uh, we discussed over Twitter, um, our girl. Um, uh, an online web series had put up a kind of top 50 horror films. Oh God, not, not any particular not this person. Yeah, I don't want to go into any great detail, but she mentioned Hostel. Um, and it reminded me a lot of the reasons why I really enjoyed Hostel that I forgot, completely forgot about. Because I was kind of judging things based on Hostel 2 and 3 and I forgot about all the great stuff that was in Hostel that really, that I loved. The yes, comments but, this, are, but this person put Hostel above Yeah, but the it was, the point was, right, we're not getting into that, but the point was... No, I think we should get into that, that because that person then said to me on Twitter that they thought the thing was a better film. Uh-huh. It's like, well, if you're doing a top it's not 50... Right, it's not around, around doing or anything like that, it's just a list of films. No, if it's a list of films, you just put out a list of films. Nobody cares. It's just a film. You don't give them numbers. That's cool. It's just a list. Um, I like a lot of the films on the list. I I just don't agree with going back to the point about Hostel um, stands is that it was to do with consumerism, to do with capitalism, to do with men using women, and and using or or men using other men. Basically, like the elements of it, and then when it gets to the melty face, I hang uh-huh. out. Sure. I'm just like, oh, yeah, you get lost at that point. But the things reminded me of why I loved uh, that film when I went to see it because it left me thinking about the the issues. Um, and Hostel was directed by Andy Peters, who used to be on George's BBC. Is that correct? It? Yes, it was. No. Yes, it, I do believe it was, and he also did yeah. Cabin Fever. Oh no, it wasn't. It was uh, directed by Eli Roth. Eli Roth. I always get mixed up with Andy Peters from yeah. Cowboys BBC. Eli Roth, of course, formerly of Van Halen. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right, enough nonsense. We. He was. We, he was the one that wore the jumper. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. Um, okay. So we'll be back after these messages. Don't watch Jumper. Take a journey with the Phantom Eric as he explores the last 100 years of horror. 100 films to be explored, each one with the related themes, actors, and directors that made the last century of horror cinema so great. Travel the world from Germany to Scandinavia, Italy to France, North America and everywhere in between, with no stone left unturned. The zombies are locked up, the vampires are asleep. And the Prowlers have slain their last group of campers for the night. So take the hand of the Phantomerican Lester Reaper, as this is one time travel experience you won't want to miss. Alright, yeah, we should totally slow the pace down. We're speeding through these. That's like 
that is like uh, we're only about thirty-five minutes in. Yeah, we've done half but, the films. Yeah, that's okay. Have you got anything further to say about uh, about one one-eyed monster? Then have you got anything? Uh, any deep insights that you'd like to to share I, with the boys and girls at home? Well, I I like the way that it was adult film stars poking fun at the adult film. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, and it wasn't done in a kind of shitty uh-huh. way. It was there was affection there. You know, there was because uh, the two of them, you uh-huh. can you can look back and they did uh-huh. make all these films together. Yeah, and I mean the the funny part was. Um, some there's a bit where she says, "Oh, she's only done 150 films, she's a fucking newbie or something." <laughs> and then there's another bit where the girl was, uh, "You don't fuck the same guy two thousand times, yeah. and not know what he's about to come." And the girl Angel was rehearsing her lines and stands up from the bed and looks at the script. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, fuck me hard, hard right. Okay, yeah. Um, so that was that was really cool. I really like that. Um, yeah, there was, a, there was stuff to like about it, don't get me wrong, it's just that it's... And the bit when uh, the the girl that's found, uh-huh. Angel, goes running into the room with other people and goes, Angel's got a dick in her mouth. <laughs> and I'm like, and what? Like, yeah. <laughs> and what? <laughs> it's not attached to anything. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was good. I mean, it poked fun at these things. I'd, I'd say watch it once. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, I've had to watch it twice because I watched it a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and I had to watch it again this week. Yes, yeah, so I actually don't watched wa- it. We, I think we can both heartily suggest that you don't watch it twice. But the the thing is, there's so little sex in it that it was absolutely fine for me to be sitting watching it with the curtains open. Yeah, uh-huh. that's that was no problem. Yeah. So yeah, so that was that was that. Um, Unlike uh, pervert. <laughs> Is there a lot of there's there's a lot of boobs in Pervert and it is it's very Ross Myers right, okay. influenced but it's got is some, that a horror film? Uh, it I haven't watched the whole thing but right, it kind okay. of is. I love okay. the fact that the at one point when we were watching it we we're like oh obviously what the dad is going to do is he's going to go back to his his shed where uh-huh. he makes his statues of meat right and when you see his statues of meat uh-huh. they're really awful <laughs> right okay it's like a bit of bacon for a smile <laughs> <laughs> there we go and we're back to vanilla ice yeah very circular secular as well secular <laughs> circular and secular yeah i can't help it i have made a video for a song called catholic boy yeah so that's uh, that's cool. Um, so meat grinder, meat grinder. Um, I picked up meat grinder, thinking that it wouldn't be all that great based on. I mean, the tagline is "Saw was just an appetizer. Welcome to the main course." Uh-huh. That should not be on the cover. Yeah. Okay. Probably um, the most graphic gore film ever released in the UK. I wouldn't say that's true no, either. It's, so, yeah. it's not all that graphic. Um, it plays up on all the wrong aspects. Yeah, it of does. This film. It does. Um, I shall synopsize. Uh, Boos is a disturbed. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> is a disturbed woman who hears voices in her head, um, and is tormented by visions. 
Having been taught some pretty dubious and unconventional food preparation and cooking skills by her mother, she <laughs> decides to open a noodle stall, using the body of a man left over from the riot as the main ingredient. Soon enough, the customers are turning up in droves for her delicious meals, and life is starting to look good after a nice young man takes an interest in her. However, her past comes back to haunt her, and as her mental state breaks down, yet more people end up on the chopping block, or hanging up on meat hooks in her basement. See, that, that synopsis sounds like it was written by somebody who read a synopsis. Because uh-huh. uh-huh. it doesn't really do the film justice. No, it doesn't. Her, uh, her mental decline uh-huh. is, is suggested that maybe she meets a guy and everything's fine, and then... Uh-huh. Everything goes downhill. And that no, is really She meets a guy while everything is just going totally spiraling out of her control yeah, anyway. Absolutely. I, I thought it was a fucking beautiful film. I thought it was I, amazing. I just, and I, I've actually put down the word beautiful and poignant. It is, um, it's, throughout. It, and I mean this is this is a, a film that's been described on the cover, as you say, as the most graphic gore film ever released in the UK. But but you you would describe it as beautiful, and I would I would absolutely agree with that. Yep, I mean even like the just everything about it, the mm-hmm. the way the I don't know about you, but for about the first forty minutes, you're kind of left confused sometimes about where you are absolutely. in the the, the timeline, and it doesn't really start to come together mm-hmm. until near the end that's right and when it comes when it's coming together that's the bit when you do get a bit more of the mm. the gore uh-huh. i mean maybe the the first time when you see her with a live mm-hmm. victim and the fingernail yeah. thing uh-huh. i was like so because I've never lost a fingernail. Yeah, absolutely. But you can imagine it would be pretty, pretty horrible. Or just for the boys and girls at home, Gil, um, the, when, the, the the narrative device. Spoilers. The narrative there. device all the way through is color for the present, and and, and this is a this the, is a this is a broad black and white for the past, past and color for the present. And uh, there's and they, they kind of they kind of and then Super up. Eight as well. Uh-huh. And a lot of lens flare, but the lens flare isn't used in a really cheap or uh-huh. shitty way. So they set that up straight away, and then they start to mess with that as the thing progresses. Yeah, because they confuse you, because you don't, have, do, you don't yeah. have a clue what's going on at first. You're mm-hmm. kind of like... Which probably says as much as you... Well, it's, it's definitely deliberately done yeah. to show you her state of being yep. as being very, uh, very disturbed. Um, and and that these things from the past are, are so clear yeah. in her mind that they might as well just still be the present. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Because you, you get to points where you go, is that her and her daughter, or is that her? Or is that her mum and yeah. her? Yeah. And it's I I just I absolutely fell in love with that. I had to yeah. watch it twice in a row, just uh-huh. going. This is it's not even one of those films where when everything's explained to you at the uh-huh. end that you can completely unravel it again uh-huh. on second viewing it's it's just uh no, it was very good and very dense and the people I mean, that made this didn't make because uh, it's referred to as torture porn uh-huh. and it's not torture it's porn not in any way whatsoever it's uh, a really really clever film mm-hmm. about the cycle of violence that can happen to 
abuse children who mm -hmm. then go on to become abusers. Mm -hmm. And then the stuff that comes in later on, mm -hmm. you just like this is this is a seriously oh. awesome film. And uh, just you just packing you up on that there, Gil. Um, you mentioned that uh, the potential of abuse uh, from 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 her. Um, so there's, there's also a level of ambiguity that's been left yeah. there in terms of the the kind of the, the, the central one of the central characters as to whether she was involved in in certain things. Yeah. Um, without going into too much detail, it's uh, there's a level yeah, of ambiguity. But it never even really explains to you why her mother taught her how to cut up and yeah, it people. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But it shows you that her mother was was far more proficient. Uh -huh. And obviously did it far more than her. Oh. So I mean, this woman has been uh, has has been tortured by her mother, raped by her stepbrother, raped by her stepfather, stepfather, and then basically sold to mm -hmm. to one of drinking buddies. Yep. And then that's her husband, mm -hmm. who at the start of the film abuses lives, her, and then has then goes missing. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Sorry. And you, uh -huh. so that's... And you're kind of left going like, well, where is he anyway? Yep. Mm -hmm. It's. Yep. I and she's trying to fend off these money lenders that are uh -huh. coming looking for, for her husband. For her husband, and the only way that she can think to do that is, I think, the only thing that's messy about the whole film mm -hmm. is maybe I looked away for a second and missed mm -hmm. it, but how did somebody end up dead in her noodle cart? Oh, that was purely because our, our noodle cart got left behind and in the in the middle of the riot, and then yeah, somebody obviously had how... the had the body. I don't, I don't know. See, it doesn't really explain that to you. Yeah, it doesn't she's... explain that. You're right. She's so like, oh, there's a body in so my noodle cart. You're assuming that that's the case, whereas in fact she could have put that in there, which is a good point. Yeah, yeah, she could have went back to pick up the thing, and, and then the the kind of. Well, the hero her mother of the film was already uh... is looking for the person that is uh -huh. the body. Mm -hmm. That's in the noodle cart. But again, the hero isn't. The hero isn't especially a hero. And shall we see who the guest is? We better switch this off. Can we? No, we won't. We will just uh, have. Okay, so. Sorry, that was my mother <laughs> on the phone again. She says hello to everybody. So, uh, yep, she's doing fine. She's uh, working for Aaron Aromatics at the moment. So, I'm looking forward to lots of free soap. <laughs> Which uh, is. Good because their soap's like seven quid a bar. Yeah, it's, and it's awesome. Okay, so getting back to meat grinder. Getting back, back to the meat grinder, yeah. which uh, everyone, two people have said to me so far that meat grinder has reminded them of the song Teeth Grinder by Therapy, <laughs> and it's ended up stuck in their head because of me mentioning. Yeah, I mean anybody that follows me on Twitter, if they were following me when I was watching this film, mm -hmm. I was just going, "This is amazing." Uh -huh. So there's uh, again ambiguity as to whether she um, had put the the body into her uh, into her car. I, I didn't yeah. pick up on that, but the reality is that probably is the case. Or because yeah. her mother has certainly shown her that when times get tough, these are the approaches that you can take. And because all she can afford is there's a bit at the start where her daughter says, "Why do I have to eat vegetables? Yeah, vegetables. She can't afford yep. any meat because her husband is a." Uh, a compulsive gambler who uh -huh. spends all their money. And I think her father was as well. And that's, yep. um, and that's how he knew the husband. Yep. 
drops off of each other. So the two of them end up in, she and her mother both end up in the same scenarios, mm-hmm. in the same place. Uh-huh. And end up using the same mm-hmm. method of trying to get out of this horrible situation. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And the method that each of them choose is a not particularly nice uh-huh. method. I, I think the, the kind of centerpiece of this film, certainly for me, is in the last 20 minutes when we see just this beautiful depiction of this woman who we, throughout, I think it's fair to say that we have we've seen her, although we've seen her as a victim, we have tended to see her as uh, something of uh, a villain in a lot of senses. Because she's also a bit of an enigma. I think right, because okay. you don't, even though she is uh-huh. this, That's she is doing these you horrible really, uh, things. You don't read a lot from her. You don't, yeah. There's not a lot to read from her as, as the thing moves on. There's no real, There's I think there's only one time where you go, that's, in fact, uh-huh. not even then, there's there's not really any malice uh-huh. on to be, her yeah, part. It's, it's, more practical it's just what she has to do yep. at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the, last, the, last, the, the last 20 minutes we get this, this beautiful um, scene where we get to see her very much as the victim and yeah. she's soaked in but blood. Is she, from but the, is she a victim of everything else or is she a victim of herself by that point? I think it's a, a victim it's, of everything else and that things have, things have really, things have been taken out of her control for the whole the whole film, I think by the time we get to see things, mm. in my opinion anyway, I think things have been taken out of her control. Um, so she cuts a very, very sad Yeah, and, and very, very paranoid. Because it's also the only time that you really see her out with her comfort zone uh-huh. as well. It's the only time that... Because even when it shows you her with the noodle cart out in places, That's it true. doesn't yeah, show it's you very her getting to yep. them. And it's, but then when Whereas in the last 20 minutes she's wandering through the streets soaked in blood with a knife with a knife other people's blood who she's muddled but she's and terrified of everybody yeah in she the is street. absolutely absolutely but that's that's a that's not even that much of a spoiler because uh-huh. you know shit happens uh-huh. <laughs> um yeah and it's, it's, it's yeah and a very, very beautiful ending as well also in the last 20 minutes that's when it does the the color changes a lot more uh-huh. And the, I think they used the black and white for present at some uh-huh. points as well, just to show her mixed up emotions uh-huh. and everything. It, I, I thought it was a stunning film. Yeah, it was. I was, I would really like to see it in a cinema. Yeah, I highly recommend uh, this film, um, and I've actually requested this film for the cameo cinema uh, future all night horrors. Um, nice. I mentioned it today because, I, again, I. I I feel the same as that it would But work, that's an Edinburgh. It would work really, really well. Why not request it for a Glasgow because one? Because they don't do Glasgow anymore. They don't do Glasgow. Well, sort yourselves out and do a Glasgow one because yeah. there are people in Glasgow that I've, I've seen the main screen at the Odeon uh-huh. just totally rammed with yeah, people. And all you have to do is pick a couple of decent films. Yeah. A film that nobody knows. A film that's just come out. One film that is a classic that's genuinely scary uh-huh. and one that is a classic that's a little bit cheesy and then one horror comedy. Uh-huh. And that's in fairness, all in fairness they've done they've done very, very good shows in Glasgow and Edinburgh and uh, been met with 
But now they're giving it to those people over there, no. not us. No. We're all, we're all brothers, little BGs, go. No matter where, no matter how you slice well, it's it. slowly dying off. So, yeah, so <laughs> I, rec- I recommend this. I think it's really gravy. Um, I, I think that everybody should should buy Meat Grinder. I think this is a kind of start, well, certainly start of the show for me, uh, this this episode. Um, that, I, I found it really difficult to, to pick between which one to put last between this or the next oh, one that I was. thought that I would put Nightwatch last yeah. because it's kind of well known. Mm-hmm. Okay, and how are we for time? Uh, we're doing okay for time. Okay. But uh, I just have a text message from my mother here that says, Hi sweetheart, forgot to say hello to Ross. Oh, so that's really there you nice. go. That's lovely. Well, hi, hi, Mrs. So Mrs. we will, we will be back with a uh, night watch and some strategic rambling because we're going dead short this week. This is Jamie from Devour the Podcast. Do you enjoy horror commentary with straightforward honesty? This is just a bad movie. This is not at all good in any any way, shape, or form. Because there's one word I have to describe this movie, and it is derivative humor and an obvious passion for the genre i was in search of the stop button yeah, no. <laughs> in search of a plot that's what this movie should be called you're right uh, so, zero out of five fuck this movie don't watch it <laughs> then you should spend time with david and me as we discuss horror films from old classics deep red the Dunwich Horror, Maniac, to new favorites, Love at Horizon, House of the Devil, Slaughter Night. Come listen to Devour the Podcast. Check us out on iTunes or at devourthepodcast.blogspot.com. Devour the Podcast is a proud member of the Horrorphilia Podcasting Network. So that is back on. Yep. Well, here we go. Nice rambling start to this bit. Okay. Uh, so I, I was really excited when I saw this in Poundland because... I was watching it one time when you came over to record one of these and you said, oh, I've not seen that. Uh-huh. So when that was in Poundland, I was like, oh, yeah. finally, <laughs> I can make them watch two films with subtitles in the one week. You've actually got the, you've got the deluxe edition here. I have the, the double disc collector's edition. Cool. But I also bought myself a copy of the Poundland one because it's in a colour. So this is the theatrical have. version as well that's on yours? The theatrical release with the animated subtitles. Yeah. Which you said that you wouldn't be all that fussed about. Yeah, it. I wouldn't. It, but the honest. animated subtitles really. They actually do bring a lot to the film. I think that seems interesting. They've, yeah. they've used the. You can take that to watch the theatrical that's one cool. if you we want. Maybe get a look at it sometime. It's yeah. really well done. I've never seen it in a film before mm-hmm. or since because so it was animated basically for the the listeners at home yeah those, those the subtitles are animated, animated to the point where uh, there's one character uh, Yegor mm-hmm. he's swimming in a pool mm-hmm. and he gets a nosebleed uh-huh. the subtitles at that point uh-huh. appear at the bottom of the screen in red right, okay. and instead of disappearing they dissolve into the water right, like okay. droplets of blood uh-huh. and right. there's a thing in it that we'll talk about called the gloom mm-hmm. there's a bit when there's a character that's in the gloom and mm-hmm. kind of confused he's waving his hand about in front of his face and as he's waving his hand about the subtitles are coming and going and cool. changing okay cool it's it's really nicely done they're, they're very subtle and it doesn't change uh-huh. the film 
I mean, the version really, of Poundland, to, to, to be fair, comes with a hell of a lot of subtitles anyway. A lot of extras. I think it's got most of the extras that are on it's there. It's got everything that's in Dusk 1, as far as I can see. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you've got the... So it's basically, the, it is the Dusk 1 of this, this uh, deluxe edition. You get the Russian version, you get the English dubbed version. Um, Which I've never watched. You get the... Yeah, it's poor. It's very poor. Uh, switched, switched to it. Um, just to check. And he's got a very strange voice. If I cannot, it just it's doesn't dead. work. Yeah, it's, it's dreadful. Um, it will work even less now that uh, the actor has been in. <laughs> Sorry, I sound like an old man. <laughs> yeah. No one would have believed <laughs> in the last years of the 19th century <laughs> that human affairs were being watched from the timeless worlds of space. Few men even considered the possibility of life on other planets. But across this isn't the gonna timeless get gulf of space, not fucking snark shit. He does minds immeasurably superior to ours. Oh no, I've, I've fucked it up because there's the whole bit about uh, creatures that swarm and multiply in a drop uh -huh. of water. Yeah. So uh, right, the gulf cool. of space. What minds, are you talking about? Minds immeasurably superior to ours. Regarded this world with him with envious eyes and slowly but surely. You've got memory. Okay, their, well done. They what, threw their plans against us. That's the opening paragraph to War of the Worlds. Ah, oh, there we go, wow. Which uh, uh, Jeff Wayne is doing a new musical version of that comes out on the 26th of November. Right, okay. And it doesn't have David Essex, uh -huh. obviously, because he's a bit old for doing the artillery. Is that the one that's got like, Liam Neeson in it as a hologram Liam, or something like that? Well, that'll be for the stage show, but Liam Neeson is taking over the Richard Button role of narrator. and. Uh, Fucking Ricky from the Kaiser Chiefs has taken over from David Essex. I predict a worldwide invasion. I predict a worldwide invasion. Very poor, very poor. Um, so Nightwatch, Nightwatch, Nightwatch. Um, Take a look around you at the world we used to know. So. Sorry, that's David Essex from uh, War of the Worlds, uh, Brave New World. With just a handful of men, we'll start. We'll start all over again. Yeah. And it does an amazing scream. So I don't have a synopsis for this. Uh, Do you want well, to? The, yeah, DVDs the back there. Of, for centuries, the battling forces of light and darkness have kept an uneasy truce. The under, the undercover members of the Night Watch have formed a supernatural police force, protecting the world against the dark ones. The vampires, witches, shapeshifters and sorcerers that wage war in the night. At the same time, the Dark Ones have a day watch that in turn polices the forces of light. The fate of humanity rests in this delicate balance between good and evil. Uh, but that fate is now in jeopardy. Ancient prophecy foretells that one day a great one will, will arrive who can end the battle between light and dark forever. That time has arrived in Moscow, but which side will the Great One choose? Yeah, so that's a great synopsis. That's a good synopsis of yeah, the kind of sums Yeah, up. fuck you, idiot. You, you, <laughs> you, So, that's yeah. a, So the, the film opens with our lead character, who's, is it Oleg? What's Anton. Anton, sorry, yeah. Um, Starts off with uh, Anton. Oleg, you fucking racist. Are all Russians just called Oleg? 
No. Just some. Some are. <laughs> some I'll know it. I can speak some Russian. Wow, can you? Yep. Let's hear it then. Ah, Duparovsky. What does that mean? That uh, means you speak Russian. Wow. And that's the only line of Russian that Sean Connery says in Hunt for Red October. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when uh, when uh, Bob Ag Baldwin comes <laughs> on the submarine and he's talking to him in Russian, Sean Connery just goes, ah, you speak Russian. Let's continue all future <laughs> conversations in English. So, Anton, as a young man, visits a witch in contemporary Russia. Which is... I, well, not contemporary, but a uh, contemporary well, sense. It's about 12 years ago. Yeah, yeah, if you if you watch that scene and don't want to watch the rest of this film, you are fucking insane. Yeah, it's a very good, uh, very good intro, and um, so uh, he has found out that his wife is pregnant. Um, but uh, his partner is pregnant. Sorry. Yeah, um, but suspects that. It is not his child, uh -huh. so he he wants shot uh -huh. of it. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a beautiful introduction for a protagonist because yeah. I actually watched this with Johnny Monolith yesterday when we were uh -huh. watching it. It's a really good introduction for yeah, the for the hero anti hero character. Mm -hmm. Is that his introduction is him turning up going, my girlfriend is pregnant. Uh -huh. Can you kill the baby? It sets up, I mean, at the same time it sets up this great redemption arc as well. Um, yep. From from him as a young a young man who doesn't care about the consequences of his actions. Um, and straight away after... But he also seems quite naive uh -huh, as well. Yeah, I mean, the way that he, the, his entire demeanour uh -huh. when he turns up there is... Uh -huh. It's totally different from and what you get later on. The dark forces are exploiting that yep. naivety. Um, well, they're they're kind of like the people that sell illegal cigarettes. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. basically the the idea is that you can go and get a witch to do something for you, but it's like the black market, mm -hmm. and they're not supposed to be doing it. And if mm -hmm. they get caught, they get into trouble, uh -huh. and if you get caught, then you're in trouble as well. Yeah. So that's 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 uh, that's the setup, um, and from that we are introduced to the Night Watch, um, with bear, mm -hmm. tiger, cub, mm -hmm. and oh, what's the one that drives? I can't I remember, remember his name, mm -hmm. but uh, the insinuation is that he's he's really old, uh -huh. and so that's, these are, that's these... why he does just drive uh -huh. the way he does. Is these because are he's perfect at driving yeah. now. These are light others, um, so these are the, the, the battles between the light others and the dark others, or well, certainly not the battle, but it's a, it's a truce between the, the light others and the dark others. They are There's light also a social commentary as well, mm -hmm. because all the light others mm -hmm. appear in workwear. Right, okay. So they kind of dress like janitors, right, uh -huh. and all the dark others are, are very into their materialistic right, stuff. Right, okay, interesting, interesting. Uh, Zavulon, mm -hmm. who, mm -hmm. I mean, you, I take it you've not seen, you haven't hunted out and watched Daywatch yet. No, no, no. I will give you Daywatch as well. I need to look at that. Because uh, it's interesting. Well, Generating, there was three, is there three films? Or is there, there, was there... A, there was supposed to be three, there's uh, 
Night Watch, Day Watch, and Twilight Watch. Right. But uh, when Timur Bekmambetov made Wanted, he said that was basically what he was going to do with Twilight Watch right, anyway. Okay. So, because I think you've seen Wanted before. I've seen it, but let's. But did you to... did you recognise in this film that they're stylistically very yeah. similar? Yeah, oh, stylistically that's, similar, but that's the a lot of films have ripped off little bits and pieces from Night Watch and uh -huh. Day Watch now, right. like like they did with The Matrix. But because mm -hmm. these films weren't quite so big, mm -hmm. you don't really notice that. Yeah, this is like the the progenitor of all these different little stylistic things sure. that were done on a not massive Hollywood budget oh. but actually look a lot better than oh. a lot of the big Hollywood films of the time anyway. Yeah. So that's that's one thing that that definitely sets it apart. Yeah. Particularly when it came out. I, I saw it on the when Jonathan Ross hosted film oh, yeah, whatever right, okay. year it was. I mean, how would you describe this film in terms of genre? I, I would describe this as supernatural mm -hmm. horror. Yeah. It's so kind of, I supernatural it horror mystery. Yeah, kind of fantasy horror. Yeah. Um, because obviously the others have, have supernatural abilities. Um, and uh, obviously they can, they can go into the gloom. Yeah. Which is like a kind of... Uh, it's like the Vale and Wolfenstein. Well, before we go on to the the sure. room, uh, mm -hmm. would you like to tell everybody about the the opening of the film? Because interestingly, for a Russian film, it opens with English, English. narration. Yeah, sure. Which uh, that's in the original Russian version as well. Yeah, I noticed that. I noticed. Because well, uh, I, I listened. To, uh, the, the the film I watched was the the Russian version. Yeah. And then I just switched to the dub halfway through to see how they'd done how they'd done it. And it just doesn't switch back. Doesn't it? Very doesn't poor. Work. Um, but uh, yeah, the the battle. Uh -huh. I mean, maybe uh, if you tell people what you you thought of the the intro to the the light and dark colours. Like the in the synopsis, I mentioned the day watch. Uh -huh. The day watch uh, is the the guy, the uh, guesser and Zavula uh -huh, sure. stand on either side of. Mm -hmm. And shout! And I thought that was beautiful because yeah. I don't know if you, when you, you see them doing that, the first couple of changes in the man's face as he suddenly starts aging rapidly, mm -hmm. are done via very swift, total kind of whiteouts. Yeah, I forgot all about that. Actually. But then, uh, as he's aging further, mm -hmm. it's not total whiteouts. Uh -huh. It's actually just lights flickering on his face. So was that a physical manifestation of the truce then? Did that yeah, he's, that he is, became the he is the, the truce. He is the, he is the, like, the entire truce because everything, Zavulon and Gesser don't speak to each other. Right, okay. They, they whisper. Mm -hmm. They're whispering simultaneously. Uh -huh to him okay. as he ages and then he becomes immortal like uh -huh. them. Although Do we see him again he, in, the, in the film? Or does he, uh, he, he does he makes reappear and I, I think in Daywatch he's not in right, okay. the first one. But uh, when you watch the two films back to back, mm -hmm. as often as I have, 
you forget at which point Nightwatch ends. Sure. It's okay. kind of bleak. It's uh-huh. Empire Strikes Back yeah, it is. type uh-huh. bleak. Um, yeah, I'd forgo- forgotten all about that. I mean, obviously, we also get the uh, physical manifestation of curse as well. Yep. Um, and the, the, the role of the Virgin, uh, who's a, a mystical, mythical character. And very skillful, actually. Yeah, she's become flesh, and she is a she's a doctor. Yeah, but I still see her as school teacher. Wear big glasses. (laughs) Big glasses, trim proper. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So yeah, that's that's really the the kind of the battle, the central uh, plot uh, device in this is really uh, our our hero uh, Anton. Anton, yeah. yeah, trying to find. Who is the source of the curse? Well, he he knows who the source of the curse is, but who has put the curse on her? Well, who has yeah. who has cursed this person? Because it it has two plots that intertwine. Yeah, they do really quickly, and you don't realise that the two plots are linked until yeah. much later on. Right, which it, I thought was uh, another really good thing. You think, well, where are they going with mm-hmm. these two separate things? But but everything ends up completely linked mm-hmm. because. Yeah. In the the others have this ability to see and exist in a kind of a slightly adjacent dimension, uh-huh. where everything's just a little bit more worn out and yep. looks like it's been abandoned. Sure, but you can only bump into people that that have been in that. But even even within the gloom mm-hmm. some people can can step in and out of sure. it with ease mm-hmm. which leads to some fantastic scenes yeah, like the definitely. the scene with the mirror is it the hill what, what they call the, his name something like the hairdresser or uh, something or the stylist they, they refer uh, to him as, um, and he's a dark other who has he and his partner have put out what they call a, a call uh, for the 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 boy, uh, the child, Yegor, to come to him. Um, when they have, when when somebody has been called, they then start to they start to imagine that these sign that any signs they see or any voices that they hear are instructions to them. Yep. Um, but they are also being called by by the, 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 the dark Yeah, so ones. everything will lead them to where oh, they have sure. to go, uh-huh. but but every person that speaks to them, instead of hearing what the person actually says, what they hear is their next instruction. Yeah, okay. Like if a guy says, get out of my way, kid, uh-huh. what Yegor hears is, you should be getting on that train. Right, okay. Uh-huh. I, I, I think that's maybe how it works, but uh-huh. I don't think that the people that you see yeah. saying these kind of non sequiturs to the, the kids. The only reason I felt that um, that he was taking the instructions um, literally was because oh he does take some instructions literally yeah like, where, uh, where he was being drawn between uh, Tiger Cub and mm. uh, and the, the the female vampire who wants to who wants to yeah, get his, his name I can never remember she's yeah, she's remember. a She's not a wholly put together character, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. She's the partner of the stylist mm-hmm. who continues after this kid. It's it's like uh, 
It's like the vampires and Suki in True Blood. Uh -huh. They don't know why, but there's this, there's something fascinating about this kid, uh -huh. and that's what kind of draws them to him yeah. as well. So he kind of ends up under the protection uh -huh. of the Night Watch, but not under the protection of Anton, because yeah. Anton's out trying to find this person that's been cursed. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then it all gets brought back together. Very neat. And a yeah. Fucking just a yeah, a tremendous, tremendous ending. film. Yeah, really. Is. The ending was great, and um, yeah, this is definitely another one that's. Um, There's too many elements to this film to really to, explain it without without going into. Every you can't movie. explain it. It's just. I, I mean, the kind one of the kind of notes that I've taken down. Um, or certainly one of the thoughts that, that really came to my mind was. If Ghostbusters is fantastic horror through an American lens, yeah. then this is fantastic horror through a European lens. Um, from but a European lens from the eighteen nineties. <laughs> well, I would say it's got it's got that kind of in terms of the the cinematography for a lot of the film, it's got that kind of rough um, Christoph Kozlowski type uh, Soviet feel to it. Um, and it feels and filled with gothic grandeur as well. There's, right, there's yeah. a lot of uh, and the the one scene that I'd forgotten about yesterday, and both of us when we were watching it really enjoyed was the both the of us meaning you and you and Johnny. Yep, myself okay. and John Wallace is uh, because Anton, even though he's not a vampire, uh -huh. gets pig's blood uh -huh. from his next-door neighbour, uh -huh. who's a vampire and a butcher, uh -huh. and then there's his son as well. And the drinking of blood is like a, a small drug to him, uh -huh. but it increases his powers as well. But you see him taking a tiny sip uh -huh. of blood, and then at one point he's sick in the street, and it pans back, he's been sick over a wall, uh -huh. and on the other side of the wall it's, it's all uh, white tiling. Uh -huh but the amount of blood is just a giant yeah. streak all the way down. And I mean, what I liked as well about the scenes with the with the uh, vampire across the street was, uh, to me that embodied, again, that, that kind of uneasy truce um, between the two, but yeah, also the, they the are personal neighbours. But also the personal, uh, the personal feeling of Ru of uh, Russian and European cinema, uh, where where relationships are at these so kind of close solidarity, close, co close quarters. Um, so no, I, re I really liked that, and I, I really got a lot of that relationship as well. It was a, a well, it wouldn't surprise really you know that in the second film there is actually a scene that involves playing some football. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. So there we go. But that's um, uh, yeah. That's I I would. That's a really, really nice touch. I really like that. <laughs> it's it's in a school playground, uh -huh. but uh, cool. the second film has a slightly better amount of effects in it as right. well. I mean, the the first film makes you go, "This is a really beautiful couple of levels of reality uh -huh. to set up here." In the second film, mm -hmm. you just go. Fucking hell! <laughs> what are they trying to do to me? Yeah, it's there's a car driving along the side of a building mm -hmm. at one point, and you're almost not questioning it. Yeah, 
You're like, yeah, that's that's the sort of shit they do. Yeah. So definitely recommend them. I I think that everybody should own it, and yeah. if people don't buy it, then it's very good. They're they're wrong. When I when I bought all these films, I posted the photograph on Foursquare, and somebody left me a comment going, "That's a lot of bad films you've got there." Yeah, it's not. No, <laughs> I mean, certainly one-eyed monster. Um, what one-eyed monster? Is a that's film. that's a well. It's it's not a bad. Uh, no, it's by most it's, objective measures, it's a bad film. Um, it's it's an enjoyable bad film. Yeah, it has its merits, and its merits are. If oh, and it's got a good soundtrack song, that. Uh, apart the, from that Cagles song. Yeah, that's been stuck in my head all day. Yeah. But the, I, I really like the Let the Devil Know. Oh, the... Give my best and say hello. <laughs> really cheesy, kind of, probably Australian pop punk, but I, I thought it but was great. It, but when it starts on the end credits, you kind of go, is that, is that Primus or Prawn or something? And then it goes into cheesy pop punk. It's great. It's, it's it's got the big, yeah. the big melodic chorus. Yeah, really cool. I actually end up listening to the whole song both times that I watched this film. Yeah, me too. Me too. Okay. But and yeah, we, we will be back with uh, some random banter and uh, thank yous and everything. I think we should do a wee bit of news as well, because we don't do news. News! They say every house in America should have an electric chair. And every man just once in his life should sit in it. Just so that he can feel the power of millions of gallons of electricity flow through his veins. I got an electric chair, that's all I need. You get an electric chair, Sheldon, you don't have to worry about the audience. You get an electric chair, you can tell them anything you want, as long as it's real. You get yourself an electric chair, and they'll sit there all night long. Kind of a funny idea, sitting in an electric chair and doing a show. Well, think of the therapeutic value of an electric chair, and all the money you have. Yes, sir, an electric chair in every home. The Electric Chair, a show about horror. Electricchairshow.com. Electric chair. Wow. Okay, guys, we're back. Um, so with news, news. With news. With news. <laughs> and the news is that I only just watched the Evil Dead trailer for the first time. So I mean, in fairness, the, the version that was up was pretty terrible before, and and uh, that was that was nice. So this that is the good. this is the IGN version that's just went up. Um, so. What did you think? Well, I'm now thinking that maybe because of the version that went up before not being that great, that's why people were raving about the tongue cutting bit uh -huh. at the end, but I thought that looked totally fake. That was the one bit about the entire trailer that disappointed me. Yeah, it was like the one thing that I knew about. People were raving about that after seeing it at Comic-Con. So yeah, but seeing it on the screen. Of course, they're just, they're just raving about it so that they go, I saw it at uh -huh. Comic-Con. Man, fuck you. Oh, well, look great. Thanks. You have to no. fucking go to Comic-Con. Yeah. It looked good though, didn't it? <laughs> it did look good. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm saying nothing bad about Comic-Con. Yeah. I probably wouldn't go to Comic-Con. Yeah. To be it's kind of smelly, isn't it? It's like I, the, what do you call it, the, the collector funk or whatever you call it. It's like oh. the stench of the convention. Um, yeah. Well, uh, 
some people uh, that have read my blog and stuff will have done the that I had a massive fight with the people that organised the SFX weekend. You'd have a massive fight with <laughs> fucking Gandhi, son. No, I got told that I'd, I'd won free tickets to the SFX Weekender. Uh-huh. And it ended up that it didn't include anywhere to stay, but the tickets that I'd won were technically worth more than the cheapest equivalent ticket that included accommodation. Right, okay. So it ended up going to the advertisement, advertising standards <laughs> agency, right. and they upheld my complaint. complaint. There you go. But I still didn't get to go to SFX weekend. Um, so there you go. Oh, so, it yeah. had so many famous people from the world of science fiction, like a man who once stood beside K9. So are you relatively <laughs> excited about uh, Evil Dead then? I don't know. I'm, I'm not a massive fan of uh, remakes and, mm-hmm. well, old boys uh-huh. coming up and this uh-huh. is coming up. I mean, how many? Remakes. Uh-huh. I think the, the, the problem with remakes and uh, prequels and so on is... That Nothing wrong with prequels. I do not mind prequels. Yeah, there's plenty wrong with prequels. Um, but these reimaginings... Um, for me, the problem that I have with these things is that they, uh, they take away from the opportunities of people with genuinely great ideas, people with uh, ideas of taking things forward, um, as much as to I enjoy, as much a story, but I, I, well, I think no, you, not, not you, to continue a story, to to think of new ideas that the uh, that haven't been thought of yet, like yeah, but the the whole thing with Sam Raimi wanting, uh, he wanted to produce a remake uh, of Evil Dead, yeah. was that he he wanted to do it, but to pick somebody that wanted to remake his film in an interesting way. So yeah. I don't really mind that so much because he wants to basically just oversee. A good remake of his film to I'm see. I'm excited. I'm very exci- what I'm excited about it. the Evil Dead, and I'm exactly the type of person who will go and see these horrible remakes anyway. Yeah. Regardless of Evil and Dead, you Evil Dead jump. Evil Dead looks like it's going to be great, but it does most, look most of them look terrible, and I will still jump. I will still go along and see them. I will still say, "Oh, there's a new Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm going to go and see it." Uh, the new, the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street, the remake of Halloween, etc. I'm the person that will do it, but my argument stands that uh, at the same time, these things take away from originality, the opportunities for original artists to come up yeah. with great ideas and and the whole just to to bring something new mm-hmm. to something for a change Aye. instead of it just being it's it's like standing on a beach mm-hmm. and Nightmare on Elm Street comes in mm-hmm. and then it drifts out. And then something that looks a bit like Nightmare on Elm Street comes back mm. in again and drifts out. And then if you stand there for long enough, Nightmare on Elm Street is just going to drift back in again. Mm-hmm. And you just find yourself looking at the same shit uh-huh. all the time. But, I mean, the, the reason I use Nightmare on Elm Street is because it's such an inventive idea. Or in its original place, yeah. in my opinion. And these kind of films... Are you just saying that because we're going to see it tomorrow night? I'm really excited that we're going to see it in the big screen, not in the big screen, but certainly... Oh, yes. Ho- hopefully it's <laughs> not <laughs> a laptop, everybody huddled around But I'm looking forward to seeing that. Uh, it's, it's a movie that I, I still scares the bejesus out of me. I, I think that most of the acting in it is 
awful. Uh huh. It's. But I know that there will be a round of applause when Johnny Depp gets eaten by a bed. Yeah. yeah. Well, I am more looking right. forward to the idea that people under the stairs is now in the lead. Yep. And no, I that's happening. That is definitely that's the movie that they've picked. Excellent. So that's uh, it's and I be, didn't even cheat. So tomorrow evening we're going to Godswood Pub in Wisha to see hopefully what we've got. Well, not tomorrow pub. evening. This will now be in the past. Yeah, that's what we're now be going in the to past. put this. Uh, Thursday, twenty fifth October, two thousand and twelve. Um, yesterday. <laughs> yeah. So yesterday for you, future people, you future yeah. dwellers. Um, it's so unusual for us to record something and have like twenty four hours to put it out. Yeah. You're gonna send you so many emails going cut this bit, cut that bit. <laughs> like, okay, I've cut it all. I'll oh. upload it. <laughs> Nothing will be cut. Yeah. So that's what we're going to see. It's part of trauma theatre. You might on Facebook. Um, and hopefully yeah. it's going to be a regular thing. They seem quite interested. In hopefully them. not that regular though. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they, they don't make it so regular that I have to go to Wishaw regularly. <laughs> it inconveniences us. But I know <laughs> Last time I was in Wishaw I ended up having to go to hospital because yeah. I was attacked by the machine head on a bass guitar 30 <laughs> seconds into our set when your mall were supporting the Al Pacino's. And I bled all over the place in front of, uh, I think it was a Christian youth club. <laughs> like Universal Connections, apparently they're Christian youth clubs or right. something like that. And uh, there were all these little mini moshers and mm-hmm. kiss and slipknot hoodies. And right. The sound guy actually thought that I'd used a blood pack because it happened <laughs> so quickly. I turned round to look at the set list on the floor mm-hmm. at the same time as the bass player was turning round and not paying attention. Clocked me on the head with a, it was like the, the big Fender Jazz Aye. Precision bass machine heads to uh-huh. the size Oof. of a plate. Yep. And it just smacked me in the head, split oh, my head open and ended up having to go to hospital. But that was entertaining in the the fact that when they, they have to go, what happened to you? Oh, uh, it was it's an accident on stage. Oh, what were you doing? I was playing a gig with my band. Oh, you're in a band? Yeah, I'm, I'm not like in Hue and Cry or something like that. So you've like got your, your <laughs> care home conversations already worked out. That's, that's yeah, cool. and make sure you go straight home and get plenty of rest. No, I was straight out to a club. Come <laughs> on, I got four fucking stitches and I missed the Al Pacino's. Cool. Okay, so just remains for us to... Um, well, no, because we no? have corrections for last week. Oh, we don't want uh, to corrections. No, the, the correction is uh, right. the, the butcher uh-huh. can only kill beavers. Okay. Of course, the bellman has to admit that there's only one beaver on board, uh-huh. and that was a tame one he kept of his own, uh-huh. whose death would be deeply deplored. So is that does that change your theories about Prometheus well, or no? It's uh, it just enhances it, it, it. Actually, increases the 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 resonance the hunting of the snark has with wow. Prometheus because the butcher and the beaver in hunting and the in mm-hmm. hunting of the snark have to kind of keep their distance because the beaver is a bit wary. So there's been a few idiots. Oh, sorry, listeners who have agreed or been taken in by your insane <laughs> theories. Um, I don't think it's that insane a theory if you read Hunting yeah. of the Snark. I, no, I, I don't. I, I don't think any of our listeners are idiots. So just, um, just anybody that buys into girls. I mean, girls uh, Alex, Alex Mayer. Yeah, Alex and Mayer. Alistair um, McMillan. So have both agreed. And Alistair McMillan said, "Well, well, uh, actually, there's a line in Jabberwock. Jabberwocky, the mm. 
that resonates with the original alien. So there you which go. Which is wow. the description of the Jabberwock. Really so, interesting. So that's cool. So that would be that would be awesome. Yep. So that's that's great. Uh, obviously, Kate Dance as usual, um, giving us props and stuff. Um, props to use. Pro- <laughs> like, yeah. Like, uh, whose line is it anyway? This is her giving us, uh, she's giving us patter about her accents. Apparently, she's got a. She hasn't given me any patter about her it, accents. She claims that she's got a chavy accent, but I don't believe a word of that. I think her accent would be beautiful. <laughs> oh. Uh, you, you just you're just hoping she's related to Charles Dance. <laughs> okay. But then you you could meet Charles Dance, not with your opinions on. Uh, <laughs> The last action hero. That's right. Because of course Charles Dance plays the bad guy. Yeah. Um, okay, and we've also got Gav Chucky Steele, director of Shadow of Death, who's kindly given us um, some some, some promo. So we really appreciate that. It's thanks, thanks a lot, Gav. Yep. Uh, if we enjoy it, do we get t-shirts? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to that. It's kind of old school um, horror with uh, hand, uh, manual effects and. Looks like it's gonna be really cool. So I'm really looking Man- forward to it. Manuel effects, isn't it? Manuel effects. I've seen how plenty. Yeah, films. I know, I know. From that yeah. <laughs> since since uh, since Russell Brand phoned them up, I've I've not seen much <laughs> of it. So yeah. seen a bit too much of his granddaughter. Um, the guys on Twitter, uh, Mark Thirteen, who was upset that you didn't. Who's Mark, Mark Topping, who right. uh, is a an awesome guy. I've actually met Mark Topping because. Uh-huh. He and his lovely wife and their beautiful daughter uh-huh. were staying in Stay Ayrshire uh-huh. when I went to Ayr to try and save Bar Liberty. Wow, so there and you go. And we met up in Bar Liberty and they signed the petition and everything. Yeah, so and how did, how did your, your campaign to save Bar Liberty go? My campaign to save Bar Liberty <laughs> went really fucking well. It was them down there that Fucked it up, yeah, apparently. So, so that's it. So but, uh, yeah, that's his, uh, his daughter was referring to our drinks as uh, Daddy's beer drink and Gil's beer drink. Oh, that's nice. Um, okay, and we've got a new a new listener, uh, Scream Queen. I don't know if she's... But she's been interacting with us on Twitter. Um, Has she not? She's not been interacting with me. Yeah, well, she, she was... Uh, Are they all scared of me? I'm not intimidating <laughs> in the least. So she's mentioned that her favourite film is The Old Dark House, which is a great favourite of mine. Okay, um, yeah. So, oh, Mr. Waverton, whatever shall we do? I wanted to go to Shrewsbury and it took me on to crow. So, yeah, absolute favourite of mine. Um, and we we'll, move, a... we'll move to Devon and live on scones and love. Absolutely love it, man. Fantastic. And we have a new five-star review on the iTunes. Do we? Yep. Who From uh, Patrick Morrison. Oh, nice Who one. describes us as head-rollingly good stuff. Ah, oh, awesome. Whilst I love li- listening to podcasts with an American perspective, it's fun to hear Scottish wisdom on the vexed subject of films which go stalk and slash in the night. Here we go. Awesome. So thank you very much. Hence the joy that is Gillen Roscoe's Bodacious Horror Podcast! Oh, fantastic. The movies you love to fear being discussed by two men for whom no tangent is too bizarre and whose actual opinions on horror cinema are definitely worth paying attention to. That's cool. Also, best podcast theme music ever. Yeah, so well That's, done. Uh, kudos to Ross Gilchrist. Ross, yeah. Ross Gilchrist, if you uh, just look him up 
Ross Gilchrist band camp, yeah. you can find some really, really good stuff. Really decent music. He's posted some stuff on our website about the Eric about Danikin Lovecraft. Eric Von Danikin is God. That was a chariot of the gods. Mm. I can't believe that I actually just called it Is God an Astronaut because that was the subtitle. It was Chariot yeah. of the Gods, Is God an Astronaut? Uh-huh. Was God an Astronaut? Yeah, so that's cool. Um, Rosie Gogobot, as always, um, not a fan of Prometheus. So no, but uh, I Big fan of Alan McCoist. <laughs> <laughs> so she's well, a, a great friend of mine from that. Uh, that's, that's, that's cool. A big fan. <laughs> So oh. I, I'd mentioned that Kate Dickey's acting was worse than Ali McCoy's and uh, and uh, oh fuck what was that? Dreams or whatever it's called. No, <laughs> shot at glory or something. Uh, it was, it was shot at glory, yeah. wasn't it? So ideal Sonic, uh, Mikey as always. Was that? It wasn't Morgan Freeman. Who was the American guy that was? In I don't know. That? Donald Donald Trump, I think it was. No, there was an American actor that appeared in yeah, that, it was that Donald Trump. film with Ali McCoy's. Donald Trump. No, because <laughs> Donald Trump's not an actor. So, Ideal Sonic and Mikey, again, uh, yep. appreciate it. Um, and, uh, of, of course, uh, we keep missing out uh, Hannah. Oh, aye. Uh-huh. Yep. Hannah course. Welsh. Yeah. We always, we, we haven't remembered to mention her once, and go. she always interacts with us. See, I always go with the people that have just commented on the horror stuff, but they're, yep. those people speak clear as well. Vicky Custard. Yeah, as who, well. who and, put uh, up an interesting chart about her. Her evening, um, which shows I'm, her blood hormone levels leading to climax. Which was I, I missed this. <laughs> Very interesting. Have people just stopped talking to me? And she she asked us about whether we'd seen uh, Ozombie, which is a, yeah. a Sam Bin Laden zombie movie. Yeah, I, we've, not, we've not managed to watch that yet. I don't recognise the name. That's pretty high in my list, I have to say. I don't know, I think it looks like it will, it will make one-eyed monster <laughs> yeah, I've got, look like... Fucking meat grinder. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Craig Begg um, and Jamie Wilson again. Thank you um, for listening. And and uh, Jamie McGrory and his friend Jim, who uh, they were li- they listened to our podcast last week when uh-huh. you were you were uh, unstable uh-huh. <laughs> at yeah. best. That was a, that was a we, difficult week. We were both having a difficult week. Yeah, we were alive. Let's record for like yeah. two hours and seven minutes. This would be fun. <laughs> And apparently they thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, and, uh, I don't get that, but there we go. Some days, everybody seems to have enjoyed last week's when we, we were we absolutely hated. I didn't hate it. I, I hated haven't, it. haven't listened to the whole thing. <laughs> but uh, a boy named Posh as well. We, yeah, we never mentioned him, and he does listen. And Johnny Monal is already yep. even mentioned. Yeah, he's like a fucking mention whore. Yeah. Uh, Emmett Skevington can yeah. fight with whoever's. <laughs> Um, and also, our, uh, we are a member of Horophilia Podcasting, Podcasting Network, so um, really um, happy to be be hosted by them. They host a whole range of shows, so you can you can either feed you can go into there. We've got a massive feed, which has a whole range of different shows, or you can download shows directly from their website. Yeah, that's horophilia.com, and we really appreciate it because they're giving us free hosting. As opposed to necrophilia.com, which is a fan site for Jimmy Savile. <laughs> so they give us a, a whole load of support, so we really appreciate that. Um, in terms of our podcast friends, uh, well, J- Jason obviously has got his own podcast, the Horrorphilia podcast, yep. so you can get a listen to that. Um, again, Phantom Eric, this week is covering Haxan. Um, Alright, so we're really interested. Yeah. Um, 
So also Corey from the electric chair who I've just been finishing listening to his. Well, you've raved about and I haven't heard yet. Really good. To my shame. I mean, it's only one guy. So, uh, it, but the thing is, he does get interviews with people, and this one was uh, the most, the second from most recent one was Babel Burst Junior. Uh, All right. From, uh, Abraham Lincoln uh, versus zombies. So that was groovy. Um, and obviously Jamie, David, and Bo have really been a great yeah. help to us. And uh, their their podcast, podcast. although they didn't. They weren't big fans of uh, high tension yeah. like we were. But David kind of, uh, he saw it from the same perspective as us. And I, I really. think the, the Jamie and Bo didn't really. Uh-huh. I think the, the the whole idea for me I think with high did, tension. I think they did, but they got annoyed the, by it. <laughs> I, I think the whole idea uh-huh. for me with high tension is the when you get to the realisation of what mm-hmm. has happened, nothing that has gone before, they were like, how can you tell that, that has actually happened? All of those people are dead. Uh-huh. It might not necessarily have happened as so, swiftly and as beautifully as is depicted, uh-huh. because David, that's her psych. That's her psychotic uh-huh. break. Sure. The, that as, she sees yeah. all these as things the happening. As the said, uh, it's the unreliable narrator. As David said, it's the un- that unreliable narrator idea. Yeah. And certainly, Meat Grinder, um, one of our movies from this week, uh, certainly uses that narrative uh, function as that uh, narrative. Advice as well. Oh look, Meat Top. Uh, Marvel Topping recommended uh-huh. that we should watch Midnight Meat Train. Oh yeah, sure. Of which, course, uh, Barker, seen, Yeah, because he said Vinnie Jones is really good. But of course, that's because Vinnie Jones doesn't have any lines, <laughs> which okay. uh, yeah always makes Vinnie Jones <laughs> better. Well, next week we have our very special event, which is the Celebrity Seance. <laughs> <laughs> It's a new segment in the show where we'll be trying to uh, contact the undead spirit of uh, Boris Karloff and we will also be... Just Boris Karloff? I, I think we should try and contact Jimmy Sal. <laughs> uh, he doesn't have anything nice to say, I don't think we'll be trying How to... How do you know? I, mean, he... I didn't do it, lads! Kill the world! <laughs> Jeez, uh, that's I've got Jimmy Savile on the line. <laughs> So yeah, that's and, and next week we'll also. Be I was I was nearly going to say something that was not just salacious. Yeah, let's not do it. But um, but we will be doing. We'll be covering the big three uh, from Universal. Uh, we'll be covering Dracula, Dracula Frankenstein, and Wolfman. And although um, you're you're gonna just, I know that you're gonna slate Wolfman because uh, you don't like the fact that Lon Janey's son worked under the name Lon Janey Junior. Yeah, Chud Janey. But yeah. I. But I think I'm not going to slate it because I, I like these movies, um, but it's, yeah. I don't know, I, 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 I've always loved Lawrence, Lawrence Talbot. It is with us. That's, uh, and we'll also be looking at Abbott and Costello. Uh, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, Frankenstein, which you have never seen. Yeah. And because we've reviewed something that's kind of funny on every podcast, uh-huh. The thing that I'm looking forward to is how you enjoy a film where you have the monsters played out as the monsters oh. are played out in the original films, yeah. but Abbott and Costello. Yeah. All their bits are Abbott and Costello. Yeah, sure. I mean, I had I had suggested House of Frankenstein for the same reason that you suggested. We'll do House in of terms Frankenstein. Of, in terms of tying things up. Um, as the Wolfman, Frankenstein, and Dracula. Yeah. Um, it's just because these three characters do appear yeah. in Abbott and Costello. I mean, yeah, absolutely. It, it works for a slightly 
different one. We can't be totally serious yeah. for the whole yeah. thing. Okay. <laughs> it never works. Yeah. Anyway, what uh, what film should we attempt to soundtrack? <laughs> I mean, can you maybe put that out to the, to the, the, the boys and girls at home? Does it need to be a silent film? Or or should we uh, should we try and turn as a, maybe do a silent version of Robocop? Because <laughs> we have to we have to at some point do our uh, our commentary yeah, for Robocop. Yep. Which we also have to figure out how yeah. to do. So these things are all ongoing. Um, but just remains for us to say thank you very much for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, particularly if you're going to interact with us as well. Even if you're not, we really appreciate you listening and subscribing. Um, contact, you can contact us on Twitter through at Bedacious Horror. And at Gil Rokitansky. Yeah. That's uh, with a Y, not an I. Yeah. Um, it's uh, Mad Max's son name, it's not my son yeah. name. And you can also find us on Facebook, uh, we've got so, a face- Facebook group on. Remember and type my name properly, sugar tits. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I... You're in character, that that's okay. Mad, I, I still am a massive Mad Max fan, and I'm a massive Charlie's Throne fan. Right. And I'm and, a massive passion of the Christ. And, and, and I really, I, I really like a lot of Tom Hardy's performances uh, as well. So, the fact that at this very moment, they are filming Mad Max Fury Road, where there's no Mel Gibson and his fucking anti-Semitic ideas, but there is Tom Hardy playing Max and Charlie's Theron with a skinhead. Yeah, that sounds like it's going to be really something. But, uh, of course, this is going to be called Fury Road. The next one is going to be called Furiosa. Right, okay. Wow. I don't like that title, but I really like the idea that this film is not going to be as aggressive Uh (laughs) as as the fifth film. So the fourth film, Fury Road. Fifth film, Furiosa. So it's the road to Furiosa, really. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, listen, thank you very much for listening. We really appreciate it, guys. Um, all contact us all 732 gig of downloads this, <laughs> this quarter. This fortnight. Yeah, it's a lot of lies. Um, it is. Don't believe the hype. We love you. Yeah. Good evening. Bye. Bye, everybody. Greetings, my friend. Yeah.